Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insight into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at pirb.co.za for more. It's a big, warm, hearty welcome to you, our listener out there, to our audience. Thanks, Estek, for joining us. My name is Willem Klopper. I'm your host. And with me in studio again, as usual, for these technical discussions, I have our technical guru, Mr. Richard Bailey. We'll give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves right after this. Are you a tradesperson or a trading company that is looking for a platform to market your services? Let Articulated speed up the process for you. You can use our podcast to sell your services. Email us for a quote at organizer at articulated.co.za. You can also visit our website at www.articulated.co.za. Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Richard. Thanks, Estek, for joining me, and welcome to you too. Hi, Willem. Thanks very much, as usual. And uh, yeah, happy to be back for another another interesting technical discussion. Lekker. We're saying technical discussion, but this is one, I think this is our third episode in which we give safety tips for the consumers. Yeah. And um, this time around, we are going to chat about shower enclosure maintenance. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, that's a... Uh, that's, uh, um, it's and, and and I can hear or can I can see I can imagine all the ears starting to prick up now because I can tell you you'd be hard pressed to find a home in this country that has got a perfectly functional shower enclosure that's not somehow causing them some or other headache. So listen up, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Listen up, folks. I can sit here for an hour and tell you everything that's wrong with the shower at my house. And, and I think just be- just before we started to record, I actually told you a couple of the problems yeah. that I'm experiencing. Yeah, it was it was revamped uh, before I actually moved in, and uh, aesthetically, it looks pretty and beautiful. It is it is one of the uh, sort of magnetic drawing points to what draws a person to the house. But uh, everything else is wrong with it, and especially so in the shower. No, that's it, Willem. As I say, you know, there are very few showers that have been installed that have been installed properly. Um, and uh, and uh, I've had many discussions over the years with homeowners, and had and had homeowners say to me, "No, no, no. The the, the guy the guy knew exactly what he was doing, and he he waterproofed and he did this and he did." And I said, "Ma'am." Is it or is it not leaking? Yes, it is. Okay, so it wasn't done properly. <laughs> so that's the that's the bottom line. It's a it's a misconception, and and I, and I think you know people are people don't want to be um, people don't want to accept that. Perhaps uh, I don't want to be harsh, but but sometimes they've had the wool pulled over their eyes just a little bit, and and one doesn't. The human mm. nature doesn't really want to accept that, and so that's why yeah. we become quite defensive on. On this and that, so but I'm hopefully here to tell you some hard truths and facts about showering closures and and on a high level. I'm not going to get too technical, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, let's hope we can shed some light on it. Yeah, the fact the fact is that you know you're saying that the wool have been pulled over the the eyes, but it's also that you know in some instances. Um, uh, you can also say that the consumer made a few decisions that sort of said, no, I want to use this thing or I want to have that thing there. And the plumber might have 
told him and said to him, ma'am, Mrs. Jones or Mr. Jones, uh, that's not necessarily going to be fully functional or it's not necessarily going to be, uh, you know, 100% effective or whatever the case may be, but the customer may just have insisted on, on having that specific thing or having it in a specific place or a specific position. So, yeah, that could be another reason why people don't sort of want to admit and say, you know what, um, I I, I, it was an expensive it was an expensive revamp of my bathroom, but it wasn't quite, uh, you know, yeah, as efficient as it should be. Yeah, no, but quite right. On on that point, Richard, why is it important? We're talking about main, maintaining and specifically maintaining the shower enclosures. Why yeah. is it important to, to, to do this? Well, let's consider what happens when it's not maintained um, or when it's not functioning correctly. You, you've got leaks. Okay, so the, the, the bottom line is what we the, – the, the, the big thing that we are talking about here is – the water tightness of the enclosure. So if it's not watertight, you've got escaping water or at least some dampness, not necessarily a torrent of water, but you've got some damp escaping, which again, we, we, we know can cause all kinds of problems, including mold, which is a danger in and of itself. Mm. If that damp is significant, it can deteriorate the plaster, the paint of the walls. It can damage carpets. It can damage um, floor coverings such as uh, timber floor coverings. It can damage um, nearby uh, timber door frames or metallic door frames and rust them completely, yeah. as I think you've alluded to. Um, yes. So, yeah, absolutely. And and you would be surprised, Willem, how tiny a little hole water needs to find its way out and through it's just a pinprick literally that you that you need to that water needs to find its way out if you have more significant sort of leakage um for example a shower door that really doesn't close properly i know this sounds silly but slipping is a real danger i mean i'm not a youngster anymore and I can I can tell you that 20 years ago, I wouldn't have really worried too much about wet, uh, damp or water on my bathroom floor. But these days, you know, the body isn't what it's used to. And if I slip and fall now and knock my head on a step or something, I'm pretty much, you know, in hospital for six months. So, yeah, slipping is a danger. Um, and if you have a, every single time you shower, you've got a wet floor, that's not lacquer. That's not no, what it's supposed not. to be. No. And, of course… It's not nice to look at, especially when you start to have uh, mold growing in the grout, um, uh, uh, in the walls, perhaps adjacent to the shower, or perhaps even the ceiling. And um, it's not nice to look at. So, no, yeah. absolutely. I mean, especially the paint when the paint starts to peel off. Yeah, exactly. Um, when your when your doorpost that's close to to or right next to your uh, you know the shower door that leaks. Um, no. When that starts to rust, it's not something. I mean, you get guests over and they look at this and they think to themselves, "Wow, you know what, what's yeah. going on here?" It's it's displeasing. It's displeasing to look at. And I mean, just ask yourself the question. You know, look at the thing and say, "Hey, do you, do do I do I think that this is the way that it was intended to function? Do I mm. can I can I honestly say that?" Or, or can a plumber or, or a builder or whoever installed the thing honestly look at you and say, no, 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 this shower actually was designed with slight leaks in mind. We, it's, it's a, 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> so if it's leaking, Willem, it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I think the answer to that is obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, and, and, and how, how few people actually, you know, think of it in that way. Exactly. We it's we simple. had that discussion just before we recorded. It's simple. Yeah. Uh, I mean, should it be like this? No, then it's not right. Mm. <laughs> so, anyway. Let's look at what can be done to repair leaking shower enclosures. Yeah. The way I like to look at a shower enclosure or, or think of a shower enclosure, uh, and it just makes it just, it just allows for your mind to, to start thinking in that direction, is like a swimming pool. Think of just just imagine that the door didn't exist and the door was um, was was solid as well. But, and we need to just think outside the box here a little bit. But if I were to fill that entire enclosure up, would it leak? And if the answer is yes, it would. Oh, because it's only waterproofed up to this level or that level. It's not done properly. So just mm. consider it and think of it like a swimming pool or a bath for that matter. Something that should be filled with water to its brim. And that's above your head. Uh, and, and then ask yourself the question, will it leak? Obviously, disregarding the shower opening where you have to get in for obvious reasons, yeah. but the rest of it needs to be waterproofed to that sort of level. You cannot treat it any other way. So the whole thing needs to be waterproofed. It starts from the floor. It starts from the transition between your actual waste outlet, your shower trap outlet, that nice chrome or whatever it is on the floor. And how does that join the, the cement and the mortar and the concrete on its side? How does that join effectively? So that tiny little millimeter around there, is that sealed? It starts there all the way on the floor and to the walls right up above your head and above the shower, the shower rose where the shower rose uh, comes out of the wall. So that's how one needs to look at it as a unit. And very often we find, and I've, this is uh, during my career as a practicing plumber, this was one of my, it became one of my specializations. I really, uh, I did, I've probably done a hundred of these uh, enclosures, redone them if I've done one. So, and, and it's always pretty much the same, the same approach. You, got to start from scratch and you've got to look at it as a whole and in fully waterproof it. What we found very often in discussions is that um, now the builder used an additive in his plaster and uh, he guaranteed it wouldn't, it would be hundred percent waterproof or the tiler used an additive in the, in the tiling adhesive behind the tiles. And that is waterproof enough. And of course it's not, it just isn't. Mm. Um, there, has to be a proper layer, but we'll get into that. The other thing which I would suggest, Willem, for not so much keeping the water in the shower enclosure, but just keeping them, the humidity and the moisture out of the bathroom is an extractor fan. Uh, you will have seen It's shower. certainly something that I wish my shower had in. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. If, I I mean, I at, if I look at the ceiling and the paint coming off of the, of the ceiling and the and the you know, the mold that has formed on the ceiling itself, then I, I yeah. really wish I had an extractor fan there. Yeah. It's the first thing that I installed when I moved into my house about seven years ago. Uh, the bathroom didn't have an extractor fan. There was mold on the ceiling. 
I immediately put one in and I repainted and it's, it's never had mold again. So, and, and that just, so that's a, a top tip, I guess, if you want to call it that, put an instructor fan in. Um, so those are the kind of things that one can do and we can look at it more specifically um, in, in, a, in a minute. Before we continue with our conversation, have a listen to this. Introducing the Plumbing Industry Registration Board Company Registration Portal. Now you can register your company to have access to more benefits, including purchasing and allocating certificates of compliance to your PRB-registered employees. Visit www.pirb.co.za to find out more information. Richard, are there different types of enclosures? Obviously there are, but could, could we... Explore different types of enclosures. Yeah, sorry, I did uh, forget to mention that there there are different types of enclosures. Obviously, not one. Uh, there's no one size fits all, especially because a shower mm. is something that you can build and create and determine your own size, shape, etc. So there's very mm. different designs out there with very um, some very beautiful uh, designs as well. But there's three main sort of types, I guess. You have a tiled surface or or a surface with some kind of a wall covering, which is usually tiles, which is, think of it as man-made, sort of constructed in situ. Then you have a shower base, a molded shower tray, which you place on the floor, to which you then, sort of uh, a, you know, those acrylic bases that you see, those white acrylic bases. A, a ready-made a ready one, a ready-made one that you buy from, from a, you know, a, a supplier, retailer, and and it's just ready to install. So correct. You don't have to. You don't have to make it with your hands. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then of course you have the shower which sits above a bath, which essentially is almost the same thing as the tray. So and and can mm. almost be treated the same way. So the 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 as I mentioned a minute ago, when you have a tiled surface, you have a plasterer or a builder. Uh, say to you, no, no, that there's a plaster additive or there's a tile adhesive additive. That's just not good enough. I can tell you now it's not going to work. I've seen it a hundred times before where the promises and the guarantees were in place, but nothing, it didn't actually, it, it doesn't work. So just make sure that whatever surface is going to be tiled with a substrate of concrete or plaster, and it's going to be tiled, that a proper specific a dedicated layer of waterproofing is installed behind the tiles. So on top of the finished plaster, just before the tiles go on, you've got to put a fully um, enclosed. And when I say that, I mean, it must go all the way from the base up the walls to above the level of the shower rows. And it's got to be a specific layer of nothing else but waterproofing. Not a mm. not tile adhesive with an additive in it or not plaster with an additive because that's not waterproofing mm, it's mm. just an assist to plaster in some circumstances which might improve its behavior in some circumstances it's not meant as a 100 waterproof barrier and that's what you've got to achieve think of a bath think of a swimming pool what are you going to use in a swimming pool you're not going to just put something in the plaster it doesn't work you're not yeah. gunniting your shower okay so that but you know <laughs> if you were to <laughs> Yeah, so think of it like that. A koi pond. You're not going to see a koi pond without a dedicated proper layer of waterproofing material completely uh, in every single crevice. And that's exactly how you must think of a shower. 
it's got to be placed um, uh, properly as as that as you would expect a, something like a koi pond would be. Mm. What? Yeah. So, unfortunately, from a maintenance perspective, and this podcast is a maintenance based podcast. Is what that means is that when you have a leak or a shower with a leak, unfortunately, the only thorough way of sorting it out is to strip it out because that waterproof layer is behind the tiles. To get to it, you have to take the tiles off. If it's not there, it's got to be put there. So a repair of a shower, unfortunately, pretty much in my experience, and I did every single one like this, meant taking off all of the tiles in the shower including the floor and walls, waterproofing it, and then retiling it properly. Yeah, you know what the thing is, I I know that the consumers may be listening to this episode and uh, yeah, as well as some of the installers. Um, but but to think of the fact that this could have been prevented, something like that could have been prevented if it was done correctly um, and according to standard from the very from the onset, from the start of it, when it was installed in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. and it's it's just a cost thing, you know. Again, you know, you there are there are some products, for example, which you know come in a five liter paint tin, and uh, the assumption is, and the assurance from the supplier is that one quick coat of this underneath the tiles will do the trick. And I've seen it, and I've I've seen it fail. And I'm, I'm I mean I'm not not just one product. Um, there are there are lots of products that I've seen fail. Um, the 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 showers that that almost the builder almost um, dedicates a separate and specialist trade to waterproofing that shower. Those are the ones that are successful. Those are the ones that last 15, 20 years that never leak, mm. that you get mm. a specialized waterproofer almost in. Or perhaps the yep. plumber is good enough and he's got a proper product in mind and he uses it. I've done that a hundred times, um, but it's, it it's not for free. You know the product no, is not sure. a it's not yeah. a cheap product that I used to use, yeah. um, and nor is any other of the products that that could be used in that situation. So it is a it's something that needs to be um, almost um, separated out and have a dedicated cost attached to it and get it done as a separate job almost. Yeah, save you save you cost in the long run in in, in any exactly way. yeah in any way yeah. Richard, is it different for molded tray installations? You did mention that uh, you know the different types of uh, enclosures and stuff like that, and, and you also spoke and very briefly touched on molded tray installations. Is it different for 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 molded tray installations? It is. It is a little bit trickier. Um, they 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 can be more difficult, in my estimation, to install. I've I never was a. Um, uh, it was. It's never my favorite. It's never been my favorite, um, because what happens is, in 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 a lot of instances, those trays are installed and they're used um, commonly. For example, in timber frame houses, where you know it's difficult to get a, a a shower base, a waterproof shower base on a timber floor on a first, you know. Mm. So they use this, and then the thing starts to sag, and there's slight movement. And anyway, so my my tips for this is the for the tiled surfaces, you should treat it exactly the same as any other shower enclosure. For the tray itself, it needs to be installed in such a way that cannot it cannot move. It cannot sag or move or it's got nowhere to go. If there is a, if it is allowed to start to move, then 
you will have leaks. I will guarantee mm. you that it will leak if you allow that thing to move. So whatever you do, make sure it never moves. That's number one. Before you install it, though, the entire enclosure where you install that thing needs to be waterproofed as you would normally a normal shower base, right up the walls, the floor, everything. Then you install the tray, and then you waterproof again to where the tray joins the walls as best as mm. you can. And circums- silicone and those kind of things. Not silicon. No, no, no. The, no. This is no. Okay. This is remember. This is before tiles. Silicon uh-huh. is just an aesthetic thing. Okay. Uh, sometimes it's functional, but it's mostly just a well. It is functional, but we'll get to that. But no, we're still talking about the initial waterproofing layer before mm. the tiles. So now this thing's installed. It's not going anywhere. It's been waterproofed underneath. It's been waterproofed on top. Now you can tile. And it's important to only tile now, Willem, because if you think of the way that um, the tray is meeting the wall surface, the vertical wall surface, it's against the wall. You put tiles and tile cement. What happens to those tiles when it comes to the to meet the tray? They rest on top of the tray. That's vital because if you, for example, were to install the tray after the walls were tiled, Think of that vertical surface of smooth tile going all the way to the floor and the tray rests Mm. against that. What's going to happen to the water? It's going to run next to the tray between the tiles. If the tray is there first and the tiles rest on top of the tray, the water, even if it's not properly sealed, will will land on top of the tray and run into the tray tray. and away. And that is very, very similar um, to the way a bath, a shower in a bath should be treated. Uh, uh, when, when, the, when a bath is installed and it is intended to have a shower above it, the walls should be completely waterproofed. Um, the junction of the bath to the wall must be done before the tiling so that the tiles can land on top of the bath. So the same sort of principle um, applies there. Waterproofed and Details such as the tiling, etc. So we're talking about a bath and we're talking about a shower, but what about a bath or a, a, a shower rose that is installed in a bath? That's what I yeah. So that's what I meant when I uh, um, that that's the that's the shower which would uh, double up as a bath. So your your mm. bath would be installed and there's, you, you you get some specialized baths with bigger areas, so almost a standing area at the foot of the bath or the head of the bath, wherever, so that it's almost a, a nice big shower base, and then it becomes a normal conventional bath if you wish it to. So mm. the tiles which surround that bath and up the walls also need to be treated, or the walls need to be treated as if they were a shower enclosure. In other words, fully waterproofed. Um, 100% uh, dedicated waterproofing layer installed behind the tiles. And once again, tiles resting on top of the bath. A lot of those baths, some have curtains, uh, others have uh, um, screens or glass screens, which are on hinges. Other glass screens are fixed in place. It just depends what it is that you're installing there. Obviously, horses for courses. If you're installing a fixed glass screen, um, the practices for sealing it uh, against hard surfaces such as tiles and the bath itself would be pretty much the same as um, 
uh, as with the sealing of shower doors. And, and, and uh, so the same rules would apply to a bath screen as would um, the ceiling around well, with, with regards to shower doors. Let's talk about the shower doors. What is important about the shower doors? Yeah, well, obviously, this is your it's 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 a uh, it's an oxymoron because it 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 is in te- it's it's supposed to keep water in, but it is supposed to be accessible. I must be able to get in and out of it. So it's got to, it's got to fulfill quite a tricky job. But let's assume that the that the um, uh, that the shower is properly tiled and it's now finished and you're now installing a brand new shower door. First thing you want to do is to mark out and drill. Now, what are you doing when you drill? You are penetrating the waterproofing layer. So that's the first little tip I want to give you. Mm. If you're going to drill for shower doors, drill into the substrate of the walls, I mean, you have penetrated that and that's a sp- that's a spot for water to get in and get into the walls behind the waterproofing layer. So, mm. Make sure that those holes are properly cleaned out, compressed air or some, you know, just a good blow with a with a straw or a pipe as best as as best as can. And then a suitable sort of a sealant, a silicon-based sealant or polyurethane perhaps based sealant into that hole before you put in the plug and screw. Mm. And that way you are doing everything you possibly can to prevent water from getting there. You're sealing all the crevices. You're doing your. You're doing the best you possibly can, and those doors are usually designed to reasonably protect those screw holes in any event. So that's fine. Then, whenever you are wanting to seal the door to the substrate, substrate being tiles, mm-hmm. remember remember that uh, any kind of dust, oil, dirt will negatively affect that silicon seal. Silicon will only seal to 100% clean surface and it's non-porous surface. So nothing that's like a finished plaster, for example, silicon will do nothing against that. It will not work. You need other specialist sealants if you want to do that. So it'll, it'll, it'll work with aluminium to glass and glass is of course the glazed surface of the tiles. It's the same as glass. So it'll work there. It'll work straight on glass. It'll work straight on aluminium. Uh, it'll work straight onto tiles, uh, marble, granite, all those. Well, not so much granite, but marble probably. Well, actually, I'm, I'm talking myself into a corner. If it's porous, it's not going to work. You're going to have to yeah. find a, a, a different um, specialized sealant if it's if it's porous at all. Um, the yeah, well, that's 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 basically that's basically the the two rules. I'm not going to go into the, the the specifics of how to install a shower door, but if you have made sure that the penetrations are sealed, and that you are 100% clean when you're installing the sealant, because that's ultimately mm-hmm. your last barrier, is the yeah. sealant. And if you miss a corner and there's a little bit of dust in that corner, or you don't get into that corner, water will come through there. So you've got to pay attention to detail and make sure that it's clean. Just a, a, a just a note. Uh, the best way I have found to to clean those sorts of services is um, um, acetone on a rag, and you make sure that it's one hundred percent cleaned with uh, with acetone, and you're usually good to go. Just before wrapping up this conversation, have a listen to this. Plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy-to-follow courses can be found on iopsitraining.co.za. 
Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber. Richard, uh, we are drawing to a close of this episode. And once again, I want to thank you for the valuable information shared with our audience. Um, you know what? The more I listen to these or form part of these technical conversations that I have with you, Richard, I realize as a layperson how little I know about plumbing. You know, I, I walk into my bathroom and I see how nicely it's been revamped, but I see all the other, you know, the the water leakage, the damage that it causes and those kind of things. And when I then listen to what you're saying in the technical discussions as we have now, I come to realize that how much of this could have been prevented if it was done correctly, as you were saying, and giving all the tips in this uh, in this podcast. So again, I know for a fact that this is going to have, uh, you know, a lot of value to a lot of people out there. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's very often I I always used to say to my clients, you know, I'm not here. I'm never, ever the bearer of good news. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't come with good tidings. <laughs> I always come with the bad stuff. I always start off with the bad stuff and say, this is what it is. And this is what it's going to take to rectify it. And that's what it is. And then we can start working forward from there. So I'm never the bearer of good news, Willem. <laughs> so, but valuable news, yeah. probably. Yeah. Richard, again, thanks a stack to you. And... Um, yeah, thanks a stack to our audience as well, to our listener, to you, the listener out there. We will definitely again chat to you soon. Thanks for having tuned in. Make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at pirb.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.